Welcome to the Arms Race, the podcast where we're trying to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keene, and today we've got a bonus episode. We're discussing Get Carter, released by MGM on March 10th, 1971, starring Michael Caine, Ian Hendry, John Osborne, Brian Moisey. I don't know, I think I, that might be a typo. Brian Moisey and Britt Eklund, screenplay by Mike Hodges. Based on the novel Jack's Return Home by Ted Lewis, directed by Mike Hodges. All right. And this is a first for us. We're doing the ancillary material before we do the Stallone movie. Yes. It seems to make sense since we only have one season left, so we're, gonna, we're definitely going to be doing the Stallone version, the remake of Get Carter, this upcoming season. Yes, but that does leave us out if we don't do any other bonus episodes. We did not do Dread, but that's okay. We'll figure that out later, but um, I think it'll be... Uh, this this will be new for us because this will mean we're we're going to be going into that movie kind of more educated on the original. I think that's good. But before we get there, we should talk about 1971 Get Carter. Yes. I don't know how much of a deviation the Stallone, I think it's 2000, 2000 yeah. takes from, from this movie. I'm going to also assume you have never read the book. Because sometimes you actually have read books on, of things that we, we cover. I didn't know this was based on a book. I had tried to watch this movie. I, I talked about it a little bit on the last episode. But um, in you know, probably 15 years ago, I had tried to watch this version um, I'd always heard it was this classic, you know, crime thriller and, you know, I just bounced off of it because the first 30 minutes are pretty impenetrable. I, I, even this time kind of found like, what is happening? What did, you know, eventually, so, so that was, I did, but even then I didn't realize or notice that it was based on a book. So, uh, yeah, I'd never read the book. Um, obviously, you know, watching it, I think, I think it helps. My expectations were different. I, you know, this time watching it kind of clicked into the fact that it is a Chandler-esque detective story. I didn't. I don't think I even realized that the first time I watched it. Well, it certainly sets the tone, because the first note that I have is that, I mean, the main character is reading Farewell, My Lovely. Right. So I, I said it was a perfect connection for this podcast. It is, yes. And did, I don't know if it's intentional or not, maybe it is, it certainly set the tone that, you know, this... My understanding was that this is, you know, a revenge story and revenge movie, revenge story. Right. But I don't know if just seeing that, and I wouldn't have known Farewell, My Lovely, had you not suggested that we cover that in a bonus episode. It's probably years ago now. <laughs> We've been doing this so long. Yeah, it's probably about a year ago. Um, but as I watched it, it felt like it's still, it still, it definitely feels like a revenge story, but it felt like a detective movie. Yeah, and I don't know if it was intended or if I just had the Raymond Chandler no, no, seeing no, no. that in literally the opening sequence, him reading Farewell, My Lovely. No, I think that's a definite signal to the audience to say, hey, this is like a Chandler story, like a Chandler novel or movie, um, you know, like a Philip Marlowe type of a thing, except in this case, Philip Marlowe is a brutal criminal. You know, I think that's – it is a blend of the two genres, and I think mostly pretty successful. I, I once – I still found the beginning of this movie pretty impenetrable, but once you get I, past that, I really liked it. I have a theory why, because even for me it was a challenge. I wound up writing down the characters and yeah. who they were. I'm glad and, you did. But here's the reason why, is that I, and I don't know if it's the screenplay, you you know, you're you're the screenwriter of the two of us. I found it... <laughs> that's that's not accurate, but yeah. Of the I, two of us, of I think that's an accurate statement. Well, people don't, I, I, I used to write screenplays in the past. I haven't written a screenplay in a long time. 
But yes, I have okay. written a couple of screenplays. I, I would have figured that you would have been more infuriated by this because character names are thrown around really in the beginning like you're supposed to know who these people are. Yeah. And I, I was manly. So the, the first time through, I had the same reaction you did. And then I made a note to myself the second time through, meaning when I was going to be taking notes, I'm like, I am writing down who everybody is because sure. this is maddening if you've never seen this movie that... These names get thrown around. I had no I don't know who this is. Yeah, I mean I think it's it's this it's a function of the fact that they're blending these two genres where I what I like about detective stories is that feeling of like I don't know what's going on and you're trying to get caught up, but most of the time in those types of stories the character is also in the same boat, right? Like Marlowe gets a case here, here's what you need to know, here's what I'm asking you to do and then complications ensue and crazy things start happening and there's all these red herrings and things um and so for most of i mean farewell my lovely is a perfect example yeah what was the name of the oh he's he's got to find his not his oh man oh yeah it was a moira or something oh man it's gonna bother me but yeah i mean that that that's the yeah that's the lead you know of farewell my lovely the uh the dude from superman too i can't believe i never brought that up when we watched superman or he's also in the beginning of superman yeah the 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 god what's the character the phantom zone zod and ursa non is his name yes um oh it's gonna kill me who he's looking for his some old-fashioned lady's name yeah i don't remember either uh it was a year ago again um but anyway yeah i i that's I think the reason why I was willing to tolerate it this time, I mean, also I'm 15 years older and kind of more patient, but you know, why I was able to tolerate that this time and not tolerate it when I was in my twenties trying to watch this is, you know, because I understood, Oh, it's supposed to be kind of like a detective story. He's trying to uncover the clues and figure out what happened. You're going to be lost for a while, but you know, in this case, yeah, it's like, Carter, Jack Carter, who played by Michael Caine, the main character, he knows way more than the audience does, than we're being told. It's, yeah, like you said, they're throwing around all these names. He Carter go, knows who these people he are. He knows Thorpey. You know, I mean, all, exactly. all, all of these, for the most part, all of these names he knows. There's yeah. a few that he has to investigate. You know, he may only know of them by reputation, whatever. But yes, he he's deeply immersed in this world. I mean, you're left to infer a whole lot, especially when it comes to, for instance, you know, because the story is about uh, this gangster, Jack Carter, he, he works in London and he finds out his brother has died and he's going up to investigate because he's suspicious about the circumstances. We don't learn those circumstances for a long, long time. It's like, we know he died. That's it. And eventually someone says, like, well, he was drunk. And you're kind of left to infer, like, oh, I guess maybe it was a car crash, which ended up being correct. But you're not sure. I didn't even get there. I just got that, like, something happened when he was drunk. I mean, he could have fell off a bridge. Well, yeah, I made a leap, and I ended up being correct. But even then, I was like, I'm, like, 20% sure maybe he died in a car crash. That was my best guess. But that's just, like, a plot point that you're left to – you're not told for, like, 40 minutes of this movie. It's like, why are we being – why are these, like, very essential things being withheld? And I think that's really – you know, because well, the mystery is, it would be one thing if the mystery was actually trying to solve how he died, right? If you exactly, and then it, it, but it's to not. a degree it is because they know how he died. They don't know why he died. Did he actually just get drunk and right. drive off a was bridge? Was it an accident or not? Or not? Yeah, and, and but you're not trying to solve like what the the cause of death was, right? It, it's told to you eventually. I mean, it, no, a very knowledgeable uh, scrapyard worker tells him all this information. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Why does this guy know every you know detail? I, I, you, he reminded me of. He reminded me of the junkyard owner in um, 
Breaking Bad that knows the ins and outs of what an unreasonable search is oh, sure, of yeah. a personal domicile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the the thing. Is this guy is like a mob? Uh, he's mobbed up somehow. He's, <laughs> I don't know. You know. Just like that guy is implied to be in yeah. Breaking Bad. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's. I, to be clear, I really liked the movie, but I do think it it's a rough. It's it's not the most welcoming movie in the world because it does ask you, it expects you to get caught up, and it's like we're going. We're we will gladly leave you behind, viewer. <laughs> so you better catch up. Yeah, it, it assumes that you. So it makes the assumption that you want. To, like you want to enjoy this movie that you're willing to commit and yeah. you know get basically 30 to 35 minutes into the movie before I think I got comfortable with, with the movie. It actually that reminds me uh I was talking about this now it reminds me uh I don't have you ever seen Solaris the Russian sci-fi movie? No. Uh what's the director's name? He's a famous director, Russian director, but I can't remember his name. He's like the one Soviet director who had any kind of like exposure outside of the Soviet Union. Um, but anyway, Solaris, it's, it's a, it, it, um, Soderbergh remade it. Okay. It wasn't very good. The remake wasn't very good. But anyway, I've seen both versions and I remember the director talking about how he deliberately made Solaris super boring for the first 45 minutes. Cause he went like, Make I wanted to, it. yeah, I, I wanted to weed out the people who don't deserve <laughs> to enjoy my movie. It was essentially the way he described it. That's awesome. And that's kind of, I feel like what's happening here. Just like it is, you know, get Carter is just almost deliberately alienating you. And it's like. You gotta yeah, work for you, it. You gotta work for it, yeah. But you know, I, I think I think if it had been more true to the kind of genre, you know, if it had originally stuck to this is what a detective movie does, I think it would have been less interesting. I you know, I it, it you know, like I said, a detective story you're supposed to know exactly as much as the detective, no more, no less, as an audience member, right? And that's the fun of it, is you're learning all the details along with the detective and so when jack carter knows all these things and we don't it is super frustrating um but because it's also 50 percent revenge story like crime yeah. story i think by the end it uh it that investment pays off i guess is how i would say i, I mean I, the last 45 minutes of this movie are really really good i think yeah i i would tend to agree i to re, you know, I guess the recap. I think it makes you work for it and earn it in the, the, those first thirty-five minutes. Um, but you know, he, here's what I'll say that was also compelling. Me, one, I mean, I had to do it for the podcast. I think, and, and maybe it's because I'm not twenty-five; I'm forty. I think Michael Caine's performance probably would have would have kept me in in the game, kept me in the game. The first my first viewing of this for sure. I wanted to you know see more of that. Yeah, sure. Um, and I agree with you. Once you, I do think that the payoff is there, and, and once you're not confused of who who the names are anymore, yeah. it, I do think it straddles the line well in being an interesting detective story, but also having a revenge, you know, element to it. Which you know, revenge. One of my favorite movies. I've, I've probably said this on the podcast. If not, I will now. You know, revenge stories for the most part, to me, you know, are I fairly, you know. Fairly straightforward and fairly boring. One of my favorite movies is Memento that turns that concept on its head. Is that really what would the point be? Yeah. So this, I think I enjoy the fact that there, you know, it's taking source material that I'm going to guess was more revenge than it necessarily was detective story. Maybe that's not fair. I think that's true. From the, I think on Wikipedia it says something to that effect of Mike Hodges, the director, Changed. was the one who kind of was pushing it more in the Marlowe direction Esk. and wanted Got it to it. be more like a Chandler story, yeah. Yeah, and so for me, I think that that 
that's what winds up being the payoff, I think, in in the end, those last you know, 35, 40 minutes. So I, I, I agree with you. I, if, if this movie is, is well regarded, um, I, I think it's, de- you know, it's deserved of it. I'm going to guess, too, you know, I don't remember all of Michael Caine's you know, filmography. I'm going to guess that this was, this was a big you know, leap for him, and it was probably him taking a chance doing this movie. Yeah, I mean, he was already a pretty big star. I mean, in that's particular saying, in the UK, was, he was a giant star. Yeah, so. but, but that's what I'm saying is that he's a big star. Jack Carter is not likable in any way. Oh, no, that, that's true. So that's what I mean in, like, taking a chance, you know, uh, on this material of he, he's not, and especially for 19, I think, like, it's early 70s, like 71? 71. He, yeah, 71. He He's not a hero in, in, in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I I am not an expert in his this period of his career in particular. I've seen The Italian Job. Uh, I feel like I've seen something else from early in Michael Caine's career, but that's that's a. I mean, I've not seen much, and but I do have a sense that this is, was against type. I mean, in the, in the Italian Job, he's a he's a bank robber. You know, it's a heist movie, but he's a likable guy. Yeah. So you know, I Jack I, Carter is not likable. No, yeah. So I think this was definitely against type, and he's he's great. It is one of those roles where it's just a lot of like you know glowering, and there's not a lot of dialogue for him to deliver. So, you know, you kind of need someone who is the actor on the yeah. level of Michael Caine to pull it off. Because a bad actor is just going to be walking around just, you know, doing nothing. So I'm going to ask this before <clears throat> before we get to it. Do you think... So I, I think it's fairly established, right? You agree with me. Jack Carter is not likable. Oh, no. I think part of the reason... I mean, uh, we'll get to the ending. But I think part of the reason why the ending is the way it is is because... You know, I don't think we're necessarily supposed to be rooting for him, for anybody or against anybody. Everybody is equally yeah, despicable in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so my question to you, because before, whenever we get there, do you think that Stallone will allow... He's playing Jack Carter, right? No way. <laughs> I knew you would say that. He will be a thousand times more likable. He will save a He's cat the- at some <laughs> point in the movie. You know, a small child. And so, okay, so I, I agree with you. Especially, you've really pointed it out. I don't, you know, I didn't know Stallone's career that well. It after doing so many of these movies, I am one hundred percent on board with you on this, and I, I, I agree on Jack Carter. It's probably going to be the same thing. And what's funny is I, that's the reason why I wanted to ask it on this episode. Is that that's another reason why I give wherever Michael Caine was in his career. I don't know. It, he he was willing to not not be the hero and not be likable because. Yeah. Jack Carter gets what he deserves in the end, but I kind of like the ride, and I think, you know, he gave out some of what was deserved as well along the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is, I think, in this world where, um, you know, it's just purely, I don't think we really encounter hardly anybody who's not involved in the criminal, criminal underworld. Like, I don't know if there's a single character that's not at least a little bit involved. So in this world, he is he represents justice. He's there to mete out justice. You know, I mean, in the end, he does get the police involved very you know, at the well, very, very end. But Th- those architects that are trying to that, <laughs> that's true. Well, but they're they're hooked into right. They're they're, they're doing dirty money with Cliff Brumby yeah, or Brumby. Brum, Brumley, I think. Hold on, something like that. I've got it. Uh, Brumby, Cliff Brumby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Which is one of those names that's thrown around early. That's it's oh. one of those. <laughs> 
at the, at the track, they're throwing around names. I'm going like, this is probably just color. I probably don't have to remember these names. They're probably just, you know, it's like... For, I was infuriated. Little... See, I didn't think that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm afraid I need... I'm like, who is... What is going on? <laughs> so do you feel like you have a good grasp on... You watched it one more time than me. I only watched it the one time, and I was just oh, kind wow. of taking notes as, as I watched it. I can't do that, so... Um, okay. I probably shouldn't have done it, because in hindsight, it's like, this is, there's a lot going on. At the end of the day, though... By the standards of it, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward by the standards of a detective, detective story, story because yeah. most of the time those have red herrings where it's like, oh, I thought this person was involved, but it really was. It's like uh, in the Long Goodbye, there's that whole plot about like that wellness center and uh, um, what's his name from the Blues Brothers? I forget the actor's name, but coming by trying to collect on his bill, and it's like, oh, this guy is dirty. But no, in the end, he was just a guy trying to collect on a bill. Had nothing to do with anything. Um, you know, most of the time. Those types of stories have those like full blown red herrings. It's just a total cold narrative cul de sac. Yeah. Here, I think, like I said, almost everybody is hooked in, and and also almost everybody is at least partially responsible for Jack Carter's brother's death. If you really, yeah, if you think... really break it down, I because th- I feel like even though I only watched it once, I have a pretty good sense of it because it's as the movie goes on, the kind of web of intrigue falls away and just becomes a very straightforward story of like I'm gonna oh, get you every- I'm gonna get you hey, I'm turn- gonna get you turns out everybody killed my brother and I have to kill everybody and it's kind of the way it goes <laughs> or at the very least get everyone back the one uh, who's the other guy not Brumby but um, Kinnear Kinnear yes He's he, he's the only guy who gets off light. By the standards of this movie, it's like by the standards of this movie, but he at least survived. Jeremy, he survived, but he is he's he's well, got a lot of problems headed his way. I'm sure he does. Yeah, a lot sure. of problems headed his way. So should we walk our way through the plot? I have kind of beat by beat. Yeah, let's everything. go ahead. So so I mean, uh, it, I mean, it, like I don't know how much we need to spend on like the opening because it is very obtuse. I mean, it's cl- it's clear that. You know, this guy, Jack Carter, he's involved in some kind of uh, uh, pornography ring. Just, a, I, I took it as general mafia crime syndicate. <laughs> well, I think, even, I think that happens to be, like, you know, one of the, yeah, right. one I'm of sure. the avenues of revenue. I'm sure that's true. Well, I think there's, I think, I forget what the line of dialogue is, but there's only one line of dialogue that even seems to indicate that this is, like, a business of theirs, like... For a while, you're just going like, oh, it's a bunch of guys looking at slides just just for their own personal. There's one line of dialogue from one of those guys being like, oh, you know, I don't even remember what it was. We'll make a bundle. I forget. It was other than that. Yeah, it seems like they just stumbled upon it. Yeah, all right. Let's look through this. One of those slides is very borderline. One of those signs is just like this is an R-rated movie. It's like it's right on the edge. Oh wow! Of being able to maybe I might really see too much. I I think I don't know if I had it in HD. I don't even know if it matters if it's HD. It's pretty quick. Okay, it's, it's a quick slide. But I'm just like, wow, that's really. I, mean, <laughs> I thought I I you know and it's IMDb, so it's hard to know. But I I thought I had read that this actually initially got a X rating, and eventually it was moved down to R because I think at the time for as much nudity as there was and some of the violence, but as much nudity as there was, yeah, I think it, it initially, I think might've had an X rating and somehow they got the rating down to an R. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, the first couple of years of the rating system, they were more, they Punitive. were giving out more X's like, yeah. uh, um, uh, drug or not drugstore cowboy. Um, yeah, um, that's much later than um, this. No, what am I thinking of? I'm walking here. Oh, uh, Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy. That got an X rating. That was that. I think continued. It was they never they never moved it to an R. I think it. Oh wow. Because I think that was like the only X rated movie to ever be nominated or maybe even win an Academy Award. I'm not even sure, yeah, but but I think at this time, I think probably in the mid 70s when the X rating started to shift to be like, no, that's this is pornography. Like 
from like, I don't know, whenever the ratings came in the late 60s through probably like their 73, yeah. 74. You get, if you got an X rating, it doesn't. It didn't have the connotation. It's not the same thing. Basically, the deuce, right, is when pornography, pornography is pornography. Right. That, that's what got X When it became big business. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> it became lucrative. Which is probably not the... I mean, I wonder if uh, these, these, these mob guys... They were in on the ground floor. They probably rode that wave mid seventies. Oh, you know, yeah, so they, uh, who knows where they were ten years later? They could have been. You they, know. they could have been uh, tied in. Oh man, it's going to come. Ja- ja- they might have hired Jack Horner for all we know. Well, I was about to say that they're more like the guys who show up halfway through Boogie Nights and just like <laughs> you no know, videos the way of the future. Yes. Who's the, whoever that guy uh, is? Bookman, Joe Bookman. I don't know. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. What the actual name? Whatever the actor's his, name. He's been in a lot of stuff that we've uh, covered. Phil Baker the Hall. Philip Baker Hall. He's in the Rock. But yes. Um, yeah, the, the, the criminal elements. I mean, I think that's probably what these guys are. They're finding well, because I mean, I think you know, in this movie, we kind of see the we get a sense of the business relationship where they're the money up north uh, is, is where it's actually filmed. Yeah, the talent. It's or it's maybe a, one of the places of several, but yeah. it's you know one of the places. What's the, it's, it's uh, Newcastle? Is that where? Yeah, it? Newcastle. Okay. Yeah, and that kind of makes sense too. Is that it would probably be more difficult to be able to do that on the sly filming in London. So it makes sense that it would be. Somewhere the money would be down in London, but the actual filming and stuff would be outside. Yeah, and I don't know if how true, how like accurate it is, like the way Newcastle is depicted in this movie. Whether the, it was like this, but it seems very like, economically depressed, and in a way where you could see, you know, they're probably taking advantage of a lot of yeah, people I'm, who are in a real rough spot. That you know, I, I I was wondering, you know, if you lived in Newcastle at that time and this movie came out, would you be proud like oh it's a movie that's set in our town or is it like you know this is really uh depicting this place in a yeah it's neg- negative light i mean it's 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 purely depicting it's such a bubble we're only seeing the criminal element i'm sure there's a whole city out there we're not seeing yeah, because you, the movie's uninterested you know you see the parking deck <laughs> that's true <laughs> well not much else yeah not much i mean that's that's brumby is the most legitimate guy we meet and yeah. yes is those two guys he's got a nice house though so there, there it's are nice. some. It's some, not. It's not the palace that uh, Kinnear has. That's but, that is true. Can, can, can he doesn't he, have any guards. Kinnear's got a whole bunch. You could tell Kinnear. He's a mobster. He's making it rain. Yeah. Although it's not very difficult. We should. We should. We should get there. Oh, that bum rush is absolutely. <laughs> I laughed out loud. <laughs> he just books it. He just knocks one guy out and books it. What's funny is that I, there's a few scenes in this. Michael Caine. I. He he can really haul. I mean, there's a few scenes in this movie where he, I mean, he's running legitimately fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he seems. I mean, he's a young guy here. He's yeah, in his early thirties. But you're right. He should have I mean, made escape to victory now, not like when he was his mid forties and could like you know all, all the cigarettes had caught up with but him. But you are absolutely right. I mean, his plan is find one guy, <laughs> just, hit him with a tree branch, and just book it for the house. And he and it's successful. He it's, makes it in. It's a rousing success. <laughs> he makes it in there. They're like, hey, just so you know, Jack Carter is here. We don't, we, he, we lost him. Then he just, oh, I'm right here. <laughs> here I am. I just, I, I took a it. left and you took a right. I loved it. I mean, I don't know if it's intentionally trying to show these crooks as just the most bumbling. Bum- There's a lot of bumbling crooks here in Newcastle. I mean, it's, it's to show that Jack oh. Carter is, he's the coolest guy. He's the most capable guy, but. That bull rush was fantastic. <laughs> it's, it, I, it never felt to me like Jack Carter was all that capable. It just felt like. This entire criminal organization is just so badly run. Nobody knows what's going on. That was your on. entire plan. Just get her. I mean, he basically has the race stance plan. <laughs> it is the most straightforward plan. He's just a bulldozer. <laughs> going to knock this one guy out. 
Oh, all right. Sorry, I, mean, I, I derailed us from your your beat by beat trying to get no, a little we bit both, of the plot. No, we both derailed. But anyway, we learned that his brother Frank, right? Yes. Has died. He's Frank gonna, Carter. He's going to take a train up there and investigate. Um, you know, a lot of setup where we kind of meet these people. He he He's looking for... There's a lot of characters, and maybe you're going to have to refer to your list of names. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I've actually got a pretty good handle on it without it. Because I, I I have a pretty good handle of the plot, but like individual characters. So there's... The, is a Sean or something like that? He's looking for a guy. He's like, if anyone knows what's going on in this town, it's so and so. And he goes to the track. Oh, no, so it's Albert. Him. Hold on, Albert. That's right. Yeah. Uh, if you want, I probably even have the last name on Albert. Because uh, like he gets settled. There's Albert a, Swift. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so um, and there's a little bit of him getting settled. He he you know visits the mortuary and there's you know a, a service, a very brief service. Well, he doesn't visit the mortuary. That's what's weird to me. It's in my notes. He, oh, is that not uh, like a funeral home? No. What's weird to me is that it's. The the body is in his brother's house. Is it? I don't think yes. I realized that. Because, you know, he says that he's going to, you know, when he goes and rents the room, which, <laughs> that bed and breakfast. Yeah. The, lo- breakfast the lodging situation in Newcastle <laughs> is full service bed and breakfast, apparently. <laughs> well, if you're Jack Carter. I, I gotta, I, I'm just going to say it. There are only a few quotes that I have, but Michael Caine is... I'll bet this has seen some action, hasn't it? <laughs> His delivery was outstanding. Well, we'll get to the, the yeah. you know, all that stuff. But so, no, he, he he says that he doesn't need to stay at that bed and breakfast the first night because he's going to stay with a friend. And she you know, says something to him. But it's because he's staying at his brother's house, and that's where it. it w- okay, I didn't know if that was you know a you know a British culture thing. I'm like, wait, the the yeah. coffin and the body is in the house. That's pretty weird, then. then. Yeah, and, and a tiny, tiny little coffin too. Did you notice that? I'm just watching. It like, boy, like he's crammed in there. It's like a, you know, you know, you're a gangster. You pay for a nicer uh, coffin for your brother. Well, but did Jack actually pay for it? I don't think Jack handled any of the arrangements. Oh, no, no. I mean, Jack did not give a damn about his brother. I did see on Wikipedia there was more background. The novel has flashbacks to them as kids or young adults and gives more context to their relationship. The only real context you get is there's one scene. I forget even who it was with, but you learn that um, possibly... Oh. Jack slept with his brother's wife, and possibly and Doreen is, yeah. is possibly his daughter. It's actually with um, the scene with the bartender, and it's gonna. I'm gonna fight Keith. Yeah, Keith yeah, is Keith. the uh, the bartender who he 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 gets a little roughed up. Basically, basically, you do not want to be attached to Jack Carter in any way. Even if you just happen to like have a drink with the guy, you might have taken a beating. Is that is that all that happens? Is he takes a beating? Does he end up dying? Uh, he, I, I remember what he just takes the beating because he's laying in the in, in like bed at home and and that's Jack right. Carter gives him some he money. Comes and visits, yeah. He comes and visits him. And so is, he, he, he does him. at least make it out alive, but he he's not in good shape. Yeah, okay, I forgot all about that scene. But anyway, yeah. So Doreen is there at the service. So is the service in their house too? That's that's at a church, isn't it? That that the the service of... is at a church. So they they're he Jack I think first meets up with Doreen at the house and they're, you know, like actually putting the screws in the coffin to, you know, like close it up and take it out of the house because there's a car waiting out front. Isn't there a funeral director there? Somebody who's in charge of the funeral? There's a funeral director there, I think, and there's pallbearers to take it, I think, and put it in the hearse to then take it for the service. I guess I just assumed because there was a funeral director there, this must be the the funeral home. I would have too, but I'm telling you, he 
it is his brother's house. It was because the shotgun is there. He goes in like the next room and gets the That's shotgun. That's right. I did find that strange. I was like, wow, <laughs> this is a real rough. I mean, I just kind of. It's a rough part of town that the funeral home needs a shotgun. Well, because there's a couple of scenes like that. There's a scene at the bar where one time where he comes into the bar, there's live entertainment, and the oh. singer there just kisses a random, and then his wife or whatever just starts a fight. And That's it's like, what tells you Newcastle is a rough town. Right. I think that's kind of like another night in Newcastle. That's kind of how I t- and I took the shotgun to be the same thing. Just like Newcastle's rough. Even the funeral homes need to protect themselves. They got a shotgun. No, it was it was Frank's house. That's the reason why okay. the shotgun was there. I, I kind of thought he was checking out the funeral home to make sure that Frank would be safe that someone wasn't going to try to like. I, I don't could know, see that desecrate, you know, because yeah. he didn't know what was ha- going on at that point. I could see that. But anyway, yeah, and then he he's trying to talk to was a Margaret. Margaret is the yes the the uh, mistress I guess well mistress but that's the thing this is this is the one that drove me the craziest where you're right we as the audience aren't being told the relationships and it's like because he's like well you're the only you're the closest thing to a mother that Doreen has and it's like oh so Frank and Margaret must have had some sort of romantic relationship then she's like she's like no I've I've got a husband you know or or something like that and, oh it's a mistress situation but then it turns out no she's she's a prostitute no. Oh, I'm 95% sure she's a prostitute, and her husband was pimping her out. Oh, and really? He was, he was a regular of hers. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I didn't, see, I took that that she just liked, basically, she liked sleeping around, and Frank just happened to be one of the... I, I, I'm Maybe. not saying you're wrong. I, I might have just yeah, missed it. It may have not been a, been clear either way, but the, because the later the way conversation she, on the bridge, I, went, I thought that was what The way was she says, indicated. I'm married, is... You know, to me, said that she had a legitimate husband who would not be happy about what she does with her time, and but Frank just wasn't the well, only the only one that you know she slept around with. Maybe I assumed that part of it that her husband was her pimp. See, I I, I guess there's three possible scenarios: is either either she's a prostitute and her husband is a pimp. She's a prostitute and her husband doesn't know that she's a prostitute, or she's just sleeping around. One of those three things yeah. is true. The the important thing though is that she is the closest thing that Doreen has to a mother, so she's not necessarily a good example. No, in none of those scenarios is she someone who. Well, because then also, uh, Jack offers to Doreen. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be skipping town for South America with my fiance. You're welcome to come with." And I remember my note was just like, "That was a lot of unexpected information." First of all, that he has a fiance. <laughs> Second of all, he's going to South America. Well, like this is a lot to lay on us in one mo- just like as if everyone knew this. I'm just I, me and my fiance are going to South America. I was like, "What?" Well, there's multiple things in the sentence. I, and the South America could be true. Fiance is not true in any way, shape, or form. Well, I mean, if they were going to run away together and maybe she was going to change, maybe they had agreed that they were going to get married. But yes, we learned that his quote unquote fiance is uh, at the very least a mistress of his boss, the yeah. mob boss. Um, and that's played by, um, what's her name? The, the Britt Eklund. Britt Eklund, who I know from The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, as do I. I know she did other stuff. I think she was married to Peter Sellers, I think, at one point. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, she was a major sex symbol at this time. And. You can see why based on this movie. I honestly, for a, for a moment, I was I was like, is, Dor- is Doreen played by Britt Eklund? I was looking at her like, is that Britt Eklund just made, kind of made to look not yeah. as just? I thought maybe she was just playing like a real a regular blue collar yeah. you know girl, and then they got to the Britt Eklund. Oh no, there she is. That is definitely <laughs> Britt Eklund. Um, so yeah, I guess that's I've got some kind of face blindness or something, that's but fine. I wasn't sure. Yeah, Anna Anna is not a fiance in any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, we she don't, may be we don't running have away any... with Jack to South America. That could be true, but there, there's no engagement. Well, we don't have any context about their relationship. We have the one scene where he awkwardly has phone sex with her in the presence of the woman whose house he's staying in. And uh, Jack Carter, you dog. Yeah, I, 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 that was a deliberate thing. Like, oh, I'm going to sleep with her later, so let's, I'm going to get her, get her pumped, uh, prime the pump right now. Okay, I wasn't sure. I thought so. I'm like... Yeah, I mean, and certainly... And that was a long-distance call, too, so he was racking up a bill oh, yeah. while he was doing it. Oh, they were taking their time. <laughs> um, yeah, that is certainly true. I mean, I, this is at the height of, like, you know, James Bond. Obviously, James Bond's still around, but, like... Oh, yeah, no, it, it I, I definitely influenced. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how much we were supposed to be judging Jack for his infidelity to his quote-unquote fiance. It's like, what is their relationship? Is this... How open is their relationship? Because she's obviously cheating on, on her. We don't know if she's married to that yeah. mob guy. We don't know any of these details, so I wasn't sure how much we were even supposed to be judging him because he sleeps with three women. Well, if he has phone sex with Brett Eklund, and then... Yeah, he sleeps with three women. No, two. Bed and breakfast and Geraldine. Yeah, and Geraldine. No, not Geraldine. Um, isn't Geraldine... No, yeah, Glenda, Glenda. No, no, Glenda. Glenda, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, it's two G names. That's, that's, that's Yeah, Gerald is actually his boss, who I think is either married or whatever to Britt Eklund's character, Anna. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Glenda. Okay, it's so only two. Yeah, because I had to put down here, Glenda, she is not the good witch for sure, actually <laughs> thinking of the Wizard of Oz. Uh, yeah, she's trying to play all sides. She's the one who's... Oh, uh, who's yeah, okay. Big time. Doesn't end well for her either. No, the most... Uh, she probably got the worst. That's that's when really I, I went like, oh, we are, we're definitely not supposed to like Jack because he has no reaction. No, he does he's not. He's just like, bye. <laughs> well, you took care of something that I didn't have. That basically is what I took from his reaction. Well, I was going to have to do that later anyway, so, so. Joke's on you, Eric. <laughs> Uh, wasn't my car either. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Backing up a little bit, he, this is, he, there's a, there's a kind of a gathering of, ev- of intelligence phase where he sneaks into uh, uh, what's his name's mansion and Cliff uh, Brumby. Well, there's Brumby, but before that, there was the other oh, guy. With Jer- Jer- yeah. He does the he does the bull rush. Yeah, uh, what, it's just probably, kind of that's probably one of the best scenes too. Actually, I really like the way that that he's introduced to Glenda there. Why yeah. am I saying that? Yeah, Glenda, and... Is it Glenda? I mean, I'm taking your word for it. No, it is. It is Glenda, and that, so, that to me was a a great scene, and I wanted to highlight it, because you've got a poker game going on with that, multiple conversations, or maybe two conversations there going on in the poker game, and then you have a conversation with Jack Carter and Glenda going on at the same time. I thought that was a really, really good scene. It's a good scene. It doesn't do, it's, it, it really only just introduces these characters because obviously she's important and um uh Kinnear, he's obviously important but i thought the poker stuff went on too long that's my only gripe with this okay. it, was, it was a lot of like re-raising and re-re-raising as uh, you know again i was, I, I'm not gonna, I was I'm, hoping you were gonna give me a breakdown on how the quality of the poker i'm not gonna claim to be any kind of poker expert but at some there's two you shouldn't re-raise like eight times it's at some point it's like if you want the guy to fold push in all your chips you know, or if it's like a cash game, just take care of what, this is everything I've got. I'm raising everything I've got. Don't be like, I raise you a hundred. Oh yeah, I raise you a hundred. I okay, I'm gonna raise you another hundred. It's just like just if you wanted to raise two hundred, just raise two hundred. If you're trying to buy buy the pot, buy the pot. It's just dumb. It's just not okay. It, there's no reason to do it. And literally, I mean, he the the guy and uh, Kinnear ends up winning the hand. We don't see the cards. You, you see none of the cards, no. But um, you know, if he wanted to buy the pot, he failed. 
Especially because presumably Kinnear's got more money than whoever that guy is. Like we don't, Based I, on that house, I would think sure. so. Sure. So you're trying to buy the pot from a guy who has basically an unlimited, you know, and, uh, and we don't see their hands, but he had the worst hand. So I just didn't know, you know, again, not a poker movie. I'm just, it, it's right. just like, if this is going to go on for like a minute and a half, have it have a point. I, I, think some a point. Of, I think some of the point was was to have it go on and you could have the... Glenda conversation with Jack going on at the same time. Yeah, I mean, she just assa- she asks about uh, his boss yep. to kind of establish that she's involved. I mean, we know she's involved; she's there, but um, um, it becomes important later because she's involved in the whole pornography ring. So, uh, yeah, and then this is kind of when uh, he goes to the junkyard. We talked about that and learns kind of more details about the drunk driving situation. And this is when old Thorpe gets involved. This is one of those things. I, I think Thorpey, yeah, Thorpey. Uh, I, you know, as much as we've been talking about how little information we have as an audience, sometimes it helps. And I think Thorpey is one of those situations where the bartender talks to Carter. He's like, "Hey, old Thorpey is looking for you." And as the audience would be like, "Uh oh, who's old Thorpey?" It sounds sounds bad. And then when we meet old Thorpey, he is the most incompetent gangster, maybe in the history of film. Is he, he is, even a gangster? He seems just like a guy. Well, I think in the end of the day, we're once we learn more, I think this is all a ploy. You're like, hey, try to intimidate Carter. Let him beat you guys up. Let him capture you and then try to can get him to kill Brumby, right? Isn't that what was what's happening It could here? be. So I think at the end of the day, his incompetence is deliberate. <laughs> but boy, this whole scene going like, this guy's awful. His goons are awful. He just shows up like, I've got a train ticket. You're going back to London tonight. And Carter just beats the crap out of him, chases into a club. And, and and walks them back. Yeah, and that's, that's what it. I love is, the, nope, well, we're just walking back. <laughs> I do. The, the guy who tries to attack Carter and gets his head smashed through the, the, the car yeah. window. Yeah. I watched that. I did rewind it a couple of times. I'm going like, how do you get out of a car head first to the degree where when Carter kicks the door shut, your head is going through the window? Like, imagine yourself getting out of a car. How does your head? How do you get out of a car? You have head to be first? like either bebop or rocksteady. I can't remember which one. That you just like lead everything with your head. Uh, I think they probably both did that. I don't know. It's been a long time since Ninja here. Turtle days. But you know what I mean. Think about how you get. If if I was getting out of a car and you kicked the door shut, you'd hit my my kneecap. You wouldn't hit my head. Yes. Who gets out head first? I was just so confused by that. I mean, it's a cool moment. I mean, it's that's one the of those, only like, reason why he gets out of I mean, it, head first. Yeah, it's for the moment. It's so that uh, Jack Carter can be a badass. It's one of those things where you can easily see a screenwriter writing it. It's like, you know, he tra- he starts to get out of the car and Carter kicks the door and it smashes his head through the window. And it's like, and then you get on the set. It's like, wait, this doesn't make any physical sense. <laughs> they make it work. Like the edit, they just kind of edit around it. Yeah. It's like he's getting out of the car. Cut, cut, cut. You know. Smash, you know that's it. It's enough. They do it enough. And he good didn't job. even get the worst of it because the other guy and the other goon in the car is who gets the worst yeah. of it. He gets dragged, dragged in the seatbelt. Yes. Yeah. And these Thorpey, guys are... Thorpey just bails too. <laughs> oh, immediately it becomes clear this thing has not worked out the way we thought. We're all. I mean, and every man for himself. Well, the one guy gets his head smashed through the window, yes. the car window. The one guy gets dragged by a car, and I think there's a third guy who just like. I'm just going to run away. Thorpey, you're on your own. <laughs> well, just at like, that point, it is every person for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was four, it went from four on one to two on one very quickly. <laughs> right. And if you've just seen two get incapacitated, if I'm that third guy, I'm like, I'm out of here, man. Yeah. Absolutely. You're not paying me enough. Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway. So then Thorpey basically sends him on a wild goose chase and sends him over. Yeah, because they're trying to, I think in the end of the day, it's Kinnear trying to manipulate uh, Carter into assassinating Brumby because there's some kind of business uh, relatively unrelated to Frank being killed, right? This is like just, hey... Carter's in town. Let's see if we can trick him into killing the a The way rival. Brumby makes his business is basically slot machines. And right. one of his associates tried to put a slot machine in one of Kinnear's places, and that didn't go well. And Brumby isn't... You, you know, you said everybody's a gangster. I think he is... Somewhat has been pulled in, but it's mostly... He He doesn't have muscle. He just had a legitimate business. Yeah, he's the most legitimate guy in that's this movie. Some, that one of his associates tried to expand too rapidly well, and moved into the wrong club. Well, especially when you contrast... Carter sneaking up on Kinnear's place and Carter sneaking up on Brumby's place where he sneaks up in Brumby's place and there's just like a wild party happening. Kid puking in the in the yes. fountain. And his wife just, yeah, come on in. <laughs> yeah, well, first they come but home. The, he and his what? wife come home to discover the party because his daughter is throwing a party. Take, I'm going to take what I said back now that I'm thinking about it, though, because his wife lets him in and he says he's here, you know, that, that Sid Fletcher sent him because that's who yeah. Jack legitimately works for. And the wife doesn't miss a beat and knows who Sid Fletcher is. So, no, Brumby can't be completely on the up and up. Oh, no, he's hooked in in some way. He might not have muscle, and that might not, you know, be hurting people. And he's he's connected, but not necessarily in organized crime. He's associated. But he's a threat to Kinnear. We know that. Yeah. Because Kinnear considers him a threat. No, because he tried to, like, move in on some of his clubs and... Kinnear didn't like that. Oh, do we get that? I, I don't think yes. I picked up on that. What Brumby time. said, he's like, I don't, I don't hate. He says, I don't have muscle. I just want well, to clearly because there's nobody there guarding his house, right? So a bunch wh- of teenagers wh- <laughs> and his wife. <laughs> no, and so one of his like associates tried to get machines into one of Kinnear's clubs, and that did not go over well. Okay, got it. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jack he's not. He's not pretty not a, quickly. He, he's like, no, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Right. He's not an innocent, but clearly not. Nefarious. Well, but at the end of the day, he he was peripherally involved with, you know, his brother ended up being, ending up being killed. We can we'll get to that later because I think the the details of that do matter. Um, but he he's still involved in the Frank. What happened to Frank is partially Brumby's fault. Yeah. Whether or not it was, I mean, I don't think in his case it was out of malice. I mean, he's clearly a, a bad guy. Even yeah. even. At, being the most legitimate guy in this movie isn't saying much. He's still a really, he's still a really dirty guy. Um, anyway, while we're on this scene, I do. Did you? I, I got to talk about that reverse shot where he slaps him. Did you notice that shot? Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't notice anything about it. What should I have noticed? It's like they they did a reverse where instead of just uh, in, instead of uh, um, kind of blanking on <laughs> the actor's name, Michael Caine. Jack, Jack, Michael Caine. Look, this, this is a known problem with me. That's bad. It's bad, yes. Um, it's not that I don't know his name. It's that the filing system in my brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, I, 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 um, I may or may not cut that out because that is really bad. <laughs> uh, I like that you know the filing system since you're, th- I think, thinking of Dr. Sleep right now when you're referencing the filing system in your oh, brain. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are no drawers. It's, it's piles of index cards all over the floor. <laughs> You want to find? Are, are they like the card catalog in Ghostbusters? They've just yes, been very spit much so. Years ago, something's uh, half the cards are on the floor. The information is there somewhere in this pile of uh, information. I just got to find it. Um, anyway, I, I, th- I think they 
either the actor probably didn't want to get slapped by Michael Caine or something. I could see, yeah. So they just they, it's a shot I, where yeah, it starts. S- it starts with his hand on the guy's cheek, and then he pulls it away, and then they reverse the shot. I got you. And it looked terrible. It's a quick shot, but I was just like, "What just happened?" You can't even tell that he slapped him. They put the sound of a slap in, but they didn't like time it yeah, right, and, and it's just and like, what even happened? They didn't time it right. You're right, and the 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 sound also seemed way too heavy for actually what the motion looked like. But I, I understand what you're saying is the reason the motion didn't look like it should have had that much force is because it was starting on cheek and pull off. Yeah, it, it is a weird. I can't. I'm. I mean, I guess they were just stuck with that shot. They probably didn't shoot it any other way. Well, he's got to slap him. This is the only shot we've got. I guess we got to make it work. Yeah. But later in the movie, uh, when he's talking to what's her name Margaret. on the bridge, Margaret yeah. fully slaps her. Yeah, it doesn't like, seem fair. That, you know, <laughs> no, it doesn't. But um, anyway, I just it, it jumped out to me, and I felt like it had to be brought up. So then that's when he he goes back to the bed and breakfast, and some goons have gone yes. just <laughs> destroyed poor Keith, which you find out later. And the, he, he's. Well, I have a note here about a kazoo marching band. <laughs> I, I can't remember the details of that. With but the Saints go marching. Yes, in. exactly. Yes, now and I Old Ang Syne, I think, are the two songs that they play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just <laughs> Jack Carter walking out. So he he finally makes good on, on his you know his. Um, Sure, the earlier... Uh, innuendo. Yeah. It was more than innuendo. It's like, here, sit there while I have phone sex with, with someone. Yeah, and but then, he has it first. And he says, oh, I bet you this bed's gotten to work oh, out sure. before. Yeah, there was all... Because it's insinuated that, really, she was a prostitute running the bed and breakfast. You know, a bed and breakfast as a cover for what she was doing. Oh, maybe. See, that's one that I didn't... Uh, you know, we were both assuming that oh, multiple I, characters were prostitutes, possibly I, unfairly. I think so, because the neighbor... Wants nothing to do with her and and has issues that you know that there are there's constantly people going in and out at all hours of the night. Yeah, I guess I I just thought it was a bed and breakfast that was kind of because it was hooked into the mob. A lot of unseemly people are staying there, and it's like, hey, if you're coming to town, this is where you say this is these are our people or something like that. But maybe not. No, you may I, be right. Yeah, I I think it is. So yeah, he he finally. <laughs> he's, Seduces her by saying she has purple underwear, which I, I was maybe this was like the height of James Bond or something. I don't know. It's I think that has a lot to do with it. Okay. Why he's sleeping with you know all these women and, and but I know, but. I can't say I did appreciate that if you were gonna have that shotgun in a you know and establish it, it doesn't get used, but it is there and he makes good use of it without actually firing the gun. Sure. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> is walking around buck naked. <laughs> it is a little bit overly comical. It's the one you know, where the neighbor comes out and, ah, and drops her milk or whatever <laughs> she's holding. It's like that's out of a different movie, but uh, you know, whatever. It's it's, it's fine. It, I don't, it doesn't bother me too much. It actually, it's probably only because I just saw it uh, recently. But it reminds me of when <laughs> when Louis Tully's running out with yes. the cougar <laughs> and that old lady. <laughs> It's very much the same. It's exactly like that. <laughs> like the timing of it and everything. Yeah. It belongs in Ghostbusters. You're right. It doesn't really belong in this movie. I mean, it's funny in both cases. I mean, yeah. this movie is pretty dour most of the time. So, you know, it can a little comic relief. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then he meet, goes and meets Margaret on the bridge. Is that where we're at? And kind of uh, we yes. get more detail about Frank. Well, because he, he actually goes and follows up with Keith, finds out. Uh, that you right. know he is at le- he's at least alive. He's alive, yeah. 
uh, tries to you know make amends by basically just giving him money. And you know Keith shouldn't be mad because based on what Jack Carter does to just about everybody else in this movie. He treats he treats Keith pretty well, actually. At least he tries to make him uh, try yes. to settle up his uh, yeah. tab with him or whatever. Yes. No pun intended. He's a bartender, but yeah. Uh, yeah, at least he tries. This is the best he can do. This is the this is the most generous that Jack Carter is capable of being. Yeah, because well, giving him money. I left it out. So two two of Sid Fletcher's guys come down or come up, I guess, because they're north to basically go get Jack. Right. Those are the guys that he sh- scares Con- away with yeah, the shotgun. Which scares away Con and Peter, and he destroys Peter's car, which I kind of find funny because I think he steals, and I don't have who runs the bed and breakfast. I don't have her, that character's name. Uh, uh, I I'm someone. pretty sure he takes her car, and he's just reckless with it because he <laughs> rams one of the doors and busts it off of Peter's car, and that's when he then goes and disappears to see Keith. Maybe that is her car. I think I assumed that they came in two cars. He stole one of their cars and smashed it into the other one of their cars. Oh, I didn't think about that, but no, I don't, I don't think so. They Unclear whose car this one. is, yeah. The other one is definitely Peter's because you get oh. later. Peter is not happy about that. That one's car. clear, yes. That one we know is Peter's. <laughs> Uh, so from there, you're right. He then goes and meets with Margaret on the bridge because she did say at the service, the funeral, that she would meet him at some you know some bridge at twelve o'clock the next day. So right. what's funny is Jack Carter has been very busy. <laughs> I was just about to say the exact same thing. I was watching this movie, going, "This is just the next day. Wow, a lot happened yesterday." <laughs> An amazing amount of stuff happened. I had forgotten that they had agreed to meet on this bridge. Like, yeah, we'll meet on the bridge tomorrow at noon. And so much happens in this movie, and it's like, oh, right, we even this... skipped over. He sees Doreen actually, you know, in town, and you yeah, know, has she's a at moment. a restaurant yeah, or something, and he gives her some. I mean, he, it's barely even a, a sequence, but he's been all over the place. He's sleeping with the woman that runs the bed and breakfast. Jack Carter was busy. Yeah, phone sex in the afternoon. <laughs> sleeps with her at night. Heads to multiple uh, mobbed up uh, guys' homes <laughs> and sneaks in and. Uh, uh, reverse right. slaps Brumby. <laughs> he does the bull rush very early in the day. You're right. At like two in the morning, he's slapping. It can't be around. that early because when was the service? Like this, you know, like the at at the earliest, the funeral service ends at what eleven, probably ten thirty. Yeah. Like how early can you possibly you know begin a funeral service so that you know it ends? So yeah, he probably he probably snuck into Kinnear's place at like. Well, because he's got to follow. He's got to go to the track. Yep. He's got to talk to that guy. He's got to follow him up to Kinnear's place. Eric. Uh, yeah, Eric, who ends up being very important in yeah. the end. It doesn't seem like it at first, but... There's, I, that, these are the guys I'm getting mixed up a lot, because there's Eric, and then there's the other guy. I couldn't remember his name before. Albert Swift? Yeah, Albert Swift. Like, yeah, well, all, he's barely in it. He's barely in it, but those guys run together. Like, That's fine. Yeah. I know uh, Eric is tied in more than Albert seems like. Cause Eric, oh, yeah. Eric is not happy. Eric is definitely he's 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 Jack for Kinnear, basically. We, I forgot about it, but uh, one line that made me laugh was when he sneaks into Kinnear's place and he has the whole scene with Kinnear, and then afterwards, when Jack's on his way out and Eric intercepts him, he just goes, "I didn't like that." <laughs> what a weird thing to say! Not like what did, you know? What do you think you're trying to pull or something like? That? I didn't like that because he didn't like the bull rush, and then because he, he's probably like, I can't believe security was that lax. Oh sure, <laughs> I'm not. It's I understand you why he didn't like fence, it. You found just a branch laying on the ground, and then you just made a beeline. He's think Eric's thinking I got these dogs that are being trained, and all you did is you just made a beeline and 
booked it into but the house. It, it totally makes sense that Eric is upset, but you know, he's not like you better watch your back. You're better like what are you trying to pull? I just he just flatly says, "I didn't like that." So what a strange way to put it. It's like Bartleby the Scrivener. I prefer <laughs> yes. not to. It is like this very like you know on the spectrum kind of a way to say it. Of just like <laughs> I am unpleased with what you are doing right now, Jack Carter. I just found it very strange. Just a very strange. I mean, maybe his character is supposed to be a little odd. He's not in it enough to really get a sense you don't of his get character. It, no. So on the bridge, um, Peter and Khan, ca- or was it Khan? Yeah, Khan catch back. I don't. Know, I think it's short for Khan or Connie or Conrad. Something. I didn't get their names. Yeah, uh, so whatever. For. Uh, they catch back up with Jack, and it's because <laughs> Margaret told him. Told them where he was going to be. So he, he again, Jack is booking it again. He's, he's like Tom Cruise. He's constantly running. Yeah, as far as chases, I mean, it's the, seven, it's the early 70s, and uh, this movie, had, I mean, I think by the standards of the you know, British film industry, a pretty decent budget, but compared to, like, action movies, even of, like, you know, like Hollywood action movies in the 70s, it's probably pretty modest. Um, but, you know, I, it was, it's, it's not the most thrilling chase, but whatever, it's fine. No. But yeah, Margaret picks him up. and Oh, Glenda does, because she is in the perfect place oh, you're right, at the perfect time. I don't, well, maybe she's following him. I assume she's following him. Because at this point, she takes him to Brumby. This is where we learn that she's working on both sides, apparently. And yes. then Brumby wants... He, he just flips the whole... He, just, he, he reverses the whole thing. It's like, oh, you know, Kinnear tried to get you to kill me. I would like you to kill him. And here's five thousand pounds, my friend. Like this isn't—he sees right through it, and I saw right through it. I'm like, you don't be an idiot. Don't because he tries to tell him, "Oh, uh, Kinnear killed your brother." I heard him talking about how he was going to kill your brother the night before your brother died, and he's like, "I don't believe a word of this. You're just trying to get me to kill him for you." And that's like thirty seconds before Jack said yeah. something to that effect. I'm going like, "This is clearly a con," and I was glad. It's one of the things that really got me on board, where it's like. I'm glad Jack Carter is smart. It's yeah. like he clearly can see. He can see that this guy's trying to con him. Yeah, he's 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 lying. Well, he's not going to go on somebody's word that he doesn't know. That, that's just right. not going to happen. In that, oh, in you, that. you you heard him say that he was going to yeah. kill my brother. How convenient, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's I think Brumby of. I mean, he's the least. He's the most peripheral of all these guys, and also maybe the least equipped to be involved in these schemes because it's so. That's what I mean. Like he just. He just does the exact same thing that uh, the other guy tried to do. It's you like, just did the same thing, only you did this. Yeah, you replaced your name with his and vice versa. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy he's is not just, a criminal mastermind. Yeah, he's not a, the, the master schemer that maybe he thinks he is. Uh, Glenda seems to be the master schemer. Uh, in what way? I just that you're right. She's playing both sides. Well, the fact that she's getting away with yeah. being... Uh, but it, it doesn't, doesn't last long, because now she goes to have... Uh, have some fun with with Jack, and well, that that isn't good because she she leaves her pornography laying around, and that's yeah. not a good idea. If she hadn't done that, then uh, she I, well, I, I, many people would still probably be alive. I, I have to think at some point, all this is doing is kind of shortcutting it because at some point. Jack would have tracked down Al- Albert, right? I keep forgetting his name. Albert Swift. Albert yeah. Swift. Yeah. He would have found. He was looking for that guy. He just at this point hadn't found him. At some point, he would have tracked that guy down and beaten the story out of him. Because <laughs> I think he knows, and Albert Albert sees him at the track and just books it. Yeah, he and does. gets away. So at this point, Jack knows. Oh, Albert's running away from me. He knows something. So yes, it's You're probably it, right. It's careless that uh, Glenda left this this uh, adult film lying around, but at the same time. You know, it's uh, he was going to find out at some in some You're way. Probably right. He would have given Albert the beating of his life. Yeah, 
I mean, this is when things get take a real turn until oh, it goes like, dark from here. Yeah, on out. it's very dark. Cause, yeah, because up and really until this, it's mostly Jack is kind of the detective of moving around trying to figure out who's playing me. Where, yeah. Where's the information who we're, killed my we're brother? Enjoy, we're enjoying watching him be a tough guy and cutting his way through. Yeah. You and know. being James Bond and sleeping with every woman that he comes yeah. across. But then from here on out, as soon as he discovers this, it becomes pretty dark the entire way. It is. I mean, it's it's very much so. And, you know, it's... Um, what's his niece's name? Slash maybe Doreen. daughter? Doreen. Doreen. Um, you know, she's she's not in the movie much in terms of, like, screen time. But uh, I think the fact... Because I think this comes... When, when do we get the the moment where the guy's like, you slept with your brother's wife and he that doesn't even Keith, know if he... That was when he's trying to make amends with Keith. Keith's the one who yells it. at him uh, on his way out the door. Boy, that scene, for some reason, did not stick in my brain. Because I, I was like... <laughs> earlier, I was like, what happened to Keith? Did he die? And now I'm like, how did he find out that his brother's... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we're not invested in Keith. Something about, something about that scene. I just can't remember. I just... It, it did not stick. That's but, uh, okay, so... That's before this. So, yeah. So, I mean... I think that's the thing that really... Cause that's a pretty big revelation. Yeah. And for that to come pretty close to, you know, prior to this other revelation about uh, about her and what she's been up to. Uh, it's a real... It packs a real punch, even though, she, as a character, she's not in it much. I mean, it... it, it the, my stomach dropped. I'm just like, oh, no. This is bad. Like, this is really rough. Yep. And... In, in a good way, in, in in terms of like it was an effective. I mean, this movie I think is very effective, and yeah. it was very uh, is effective. Well done, and I mean it. It certainly, whether or not it's his niece's daughter, it certainly is like the inflection that there's oh, yeah. like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, and it's point of no return too that he he's. Well, <laughs> he's this is where the, this is where the movie turns, where it's like okay, yeah. now he's just going to kill everybody. He's going on a suicide mission. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it didn't need to be a suicide mission. Uh, I want to talk about that ending. You're, when we get you're to right. It. It, uh, okay, it it didn't need to be, but it was clear there was nobody that was going to be spared. As I said, you know, you cut cut forward like five minutes more, and Glenda's in the back of the back of the car, and it's just like, all right, Eric, you just saved me because she was next. So you you just right. did me a favor. Well, he goes to find Al- this is where he catches up with Albert, right? Yeah, so he gets on the ferry, goes across cuz again, I don't know, you know, where the ferry necessarily. I don't know anything yeah. about northern England. Yeah, I don't know. Uh he catches up with Albert at the ultimately at the off-track betting. He first tries to find him at home and then his wife is like, "Oh, man alive." Jack Carter's here and looking for Albert. <laughs> yes. Please send somebody. Everyone, everyone knows that Albert's in trouble. Yes. If Jack finds Albert, it's, Albert is in, It's not good. It's not, and it turns out to be correct. It is not good. When, Albert tells him everything, yeah. and it doesn't matter. He still gets knifed right outside the toilet of an off-track betting. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he kind of has no choice. Jack has seen the film. So it's, there's no buying out his way out of it. So if I, you can understand why he's just like, all right, I just... I'm going to hope that telling you the truth is going to buy me my, my Spare my life, me my life. But no. no. And I don't blame Jack. Because I think, did I understand this correctly, that Albert is the guy in the film? I thought that's what I, what I oh. took from that. I mean, you see the guy in the film. I don't actually remember now. I watched it twice and I don't remember. I thought that was him. Okay. That, it, that it very well could be yeah. true. Which there's no coming back from that if that's the case. No, yeah. So there was no coming. There was no. Let's be clear. There was no coming back for anybody involved. He did seem to let Kinnear off a little easy by just dumping a dead body 
and mailing the film to Scotland Yard. That because yeah. everybody else dies. That's the only reason. In normal circumstances, by the standards of this set film, up for murder yes. and having. You know, underage pornographies mailed to Scotland Yard, those would be very dire consequences. Oh, yeah. But on the Jack Carter scale, that's actually getting off light. He's literally the only one involved in this whole plot who survives. I mean, there's the sniper at the end, but he's just a guy called out right. from outside of the plot. Hey, you, come and, and kill this guy. So He is on the train at the beginning of the movie. Oh, uh, I did not know that. He's on the train at the beginning of the movie. Oh, interesting. So is the, is the presumption that his boss, Carter's boss... Was having him keep an eye no, on, on I, Jack. I think it was just a film. I think it was just foreshadowing that. Okay, th- those two would meet up at the. Do end you see of the ring? Is that how you know that? Yeah. Okay. I never. I, didn't I mean, you can, the fate. You know, when I went back and watched it the second time, yeah, I yeah, recognized yeah. the guy. But yeah, the ring. You you can barely see it in the opening openings. Yeah, I only watched sequence. it once, so it makes yeah. sense I didn't catch it. Okay. Well, I mean, he basically just goes from guy to guy and learns. The, who was involved, right? Because yeah, Al- more pieces points him back to what's his name, who we talked to at the track, right? Eric. Or no, or, does it go from him to Eric? No, it goes from him to to slot machine guy to Eric, right? But anyway, one by one, they give up another guy, right? Isn't well, that yeah, because the Eric and has teamed up with Khan and Peter to get on the ferry because they know that he's across the way with Albert. And oh, right, wait, there's a shootout. Yeah, yeah, they're waiting for him to come back. Peter is not happy in the least with him, and he has. I'm going to just cover it now because we're covering most of my stuff anyway. One of my favorite lines, maybe of all time, but certainly in this movie, when I think it's Khan that's trying to tell him, "Hey, no, you can't stop. Like, basically, stop shooting." You know, Sid Fletcher. We we're supposed to bring him back to London alive. Right. Peter yells to him, "Get stuffed!" And he yells, and it just made me laugh so hard. There's a lot of uh, who good, says "get stuffed." There's a lot of good British slang in this movie. I, uh, whoever the the woman who ran the bed and breakfast, she had one earlier. I wrote down. And we skipped over it, but I, I, I we can I, go back. But I, don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was just like that. Boy, I'd never heard that expression before. Or whatever it was. So there is the shootout. Peter does not make it. No, and also the the car goes in the drink. So uh, so well. So Peter doesn't make it. Then so the the other two. So who's left is are Eric and Khan, and they think, oh yeah, we're getting Jack Carter. We're gonna push your car into the right. into the water. And we'll says, show you. Yeah, Jack, your car could use a car wash. And you're, I'm telling you, the look on his face. Yeah, all right, you just saved me. I don't have to kill Glenda now, and it wasn't my car anyway. You jerks. Well. Relatively speaking, Glenda seems pretty innocent, all things considered. I mean, she was involved in the making of the film, and she, I'm sure, knew that she, that uh, what what's her name was underage. Yes, and I think she's a recruiter too. So is I, she okay? Yeah, I, I so I I think she you know she participates in not just the filming of being the star. Okay, I okay. think she also you know you is. Not I mean, trusting, but basically she gains the trust of some of the younger girls that they bring in. And so I think she's a recruiter and just as culpable as, okay. as any of the filmmakers or any of the finances. Oh, even, even if she if that wasn't the case, she's still culpable because yeah. she was involved in... I, it, from from them talking, it sounds like she knew that the oh, yeah. girl was underage. I, she didn't know who she was. She didn't know that she was related yes. to, to the Carters. So... I think she still gets the worst deaths because she drowns to death yeah. in the back of her own car. You'd think they'd hear her back there, but I guess he he knocked her out pretty good, right? And she's still. I'm not sure. That, why would they care anyway? Yeah, probably They're not. They're probably just thinking, well, oh, weird. There was someone in the back of the, the, in the trunk. Oh, who cares? Anyway, uh, and this is where he goes back to Brumby. Yeah, and Brumby gets the, he gets the second worst, if you ask me. 
Yeah, and this, I mean, oh, here it is. This is becoming quite the rampage. I, <laughs> this is like, oh, this is what this movie is now. It is a rampage. One by one killing them. So, okay. And then he, he mails the film to Scotland Yard, and yep. this is where he frames... Uh, uh, so he then tails Margaret, because he, he yells when, when she set him up. She's like, I, I'll get you. And that's the thing. Right. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> he sure does. He absolutely does. Because he winds up buying some sort of drugs. I'm not sure what. Yeah. It's heroin probably. What, uh, yeah, whatever it is. And basically kills her with that. Right. I guess because they were going for an X rating, he makes her strip down when he does it. Well, I maybe, I don't know how how far along forensics are at this point, but he probably doesn't want his own fingerprints on her clothes. So eh, she's maybe. taking her own clothes off and he's, you know. I guess. Because he, he scatters it at, he, at his say, mansion. He scatters it at the mansion to make it seem like she was at the party. And, probably has gloves on or yeah. something. <laughs> the, the way he scattered it, it's like, this is just a straight, like a perfect mathematical line of like shirt, like blouse, it's skirt. Like she's going streaking. Yeah, it very much is like, you know, like, hey, police, this way. Like, if I was the police there, I'd be like, this is a little suspicious. This seems like very clearly a trail someone put out to, for us to follow. <laughs> So yeah, so he sets up. So Kinnear's got a, you know a party going on, and the police uh, come and break it up. And it's because somebody has called the police and said, "Hey, you might want to look for a dead body where there's <laughs> right. a string of clothes leading to the water." Yeah, somebody has called. Well, at some point, also Kinnear calls uh, his assassin friend, right? Yes. Is that here? That's, that's after he talks to because uh... Jack talks to him and he cuts. Jack calls Kinnear and cuts a deal with him. You don't hear the deal, but it, it, it to me, you didn't need to hear the deal. It was very clear. Give up Eric at this time, and right. we're done. You yeah. know, Basically, you won't get the treatment that everybody else in this movie is getting if you give up Eric and put him in a spot where I'm going to be able to get him. So that's the thing I'm not entirely clear on is Kinnear does give up Eric. He does have yes, Eric he go does. there. Yes, where he, all he had to do was get, send the sniper there. So Kinnear, was there a reason, was there something I missed where Kinnear secretly wanted to get rid of Eric? Hey, I'll let Carter deal with Eric for me, and then I'll kill Carter, and then all my problems will be solved. Like, why did he send the, Eric? The only thing If I, he knew that the sniper was going to be there, why did he bother sending Eric? Just the, say, hey, go here, and then Carter shows up and he gets killed. The only thing I can think of is that maybe he did, you know, Eric was a loose end in some ways, and he's like, man, there's a trail of bodies here. And they're all going to ultimately lead back to Eric, so maybe it's okay if Carter gets rid of Eric, and then my, you know, my sniper gets rid of Carter. Is the only thing I can think of is that he Kinnear wants to just be completely done with this loop because sure. after the rampage, almost everybody Carter has taken care of almost everybody else for him. Right. This is the last part of the mess Loose left. End, yeah. yeah. So let's just uh, get let's rid just of, cut bait and be done. If Eric and Jack are dead, then I'm the only one left who is even remotely involved in this stuff, and then no one will care anymore, and that'll yes, be that. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, and then that's ultimately, you know, how the movie winds up is that, uh, you know, he lures him out to, uh, it, to me, my notes, I'm like, is this what happened? Did they just dump like coal ash? I don't even know what it was. They were dumping. It's, it looked like in the ocean. It's some kind of mining operation. I think it's just dirt. I think they're just, I hope it so. Might, it might be like a landfill in progress. Like maybe they're trying to, you know, create a landfill and uh, for like Maybe. residential or some kind of like to sell it later. I was afraid they were just dumping like, you know, from like strip mining. They were just like yeah, dumping the like ore carts that just go out to like this post in the sea and then they get dumped in the water. Dumped right in there. I don't know. It was the 70s. I don't know if there was like an equivalent of the EPA or what they, you know, if they in cared. England, I don't know. The EPA came into existence actually in 19. It was, it was the Nixon. N- Nixon signed it and it's when. <laughs> Uh, the 
Cuyahoga River caught fire, I think. Oh, uh, is that why? I don't think I knew that those two things were related. Yeah. I mean, that I it was think, like I'm, the final like push when the Cuyahoga River caught fire. It was enough that it's like, no, we, we really <laughs> we need to do something. We can't just pay it lip service. That was, and yeah. Nixon signed the EPA into existence, so it was probably like right around this time. So this this mining operation probably actually fits yeah. perfectly. Of yes, dumping this is literally before, into the ocean. This is before people knew or cared. <laughs> yes. Well, this is also way up north in, right. in England. So yeah, this it, is it probably you know a place it, where maybe uh, it's where industry like actually Cleveland. That probably is where a lot of the heavy like dirty industries probably were. Is my I mean I don't right. I don't know, but that's my guess. Well, but I, I get the sense. No, I shouldn't say I don't. I know nothing about UK politics, and I shouldn't speculate because I literally know nothing. But my sense is, you know, all unlike you know the US, where there are you know multiple major cities that are kind of economic centers. You know, London is the government center and the economic center, and like everything flows to it. So, like the farther, my sense is kind of way that far away from London. Maybe they're getting away with things because like oh, they probably, no, this is yeah, pretty far away. Yeah, they, I'm sure the further you get away from the halls of power yeah the easier it is to say oh yeah it's somebody else's problem i'm not worried right. about that and you have like states like you know states are much more powerful in the u.s than i'm sure you know whatever the the, the counties or whatever would yeah. be so anyway i, I but again i i'm totally i'm purely talking out of my ass i have no idea that's all right well jack carter gets his final revenge and then jack carter is no more yeah let's let's talk about this because i think when i my initial reaction to him just getting sniped by this guy who just comes out of nowhere he just Hey, please enter this movie to kill our our protagonist. I I I was watching, going like it should have been someone who was involved in this. But hey, there's nobody left. No, I, mean, I can't think of anybody who's left. Kinnear, sure, or like Keith. Kinnear, Keith, and then the other guy who worked at the bar that you that uh, Doreen throws a drink in his face because he is speculating whether or not her dad committed suicide. It's like, oh my god, this guy. I don't even remember that. Yeah, it's it's very. I mean, it's early on. They they're having a drink like after after the service. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do remember that. So, yeah, just, so that guy survives. That's all. That's all I'm saying is that guy survives as well. Yeah, but he's a coworker of Frank's. Like yeah. he's not. Well, unclear what Frank even did. Like we learned at some point he worked somewhere that Kinnear owned. But yeah, it was a, it was like a club. It was a, the same bar that Keith worked at. The three of them. Oh, Keith, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, Keith, Frank, and then that other guy who I don't have his name that got the drink thrown in his face. The three of them worked at that like bar club. Oh, what, what was that established? I totally missed that. Um, when they show up to the funeral, because they're the only ones that show up, right? And said, "Well, yeah, he was a good bloke, and you know, we, he was a coworker." Um, okay, I, I didn't connect that those guys worked at that that pub or whatever. Yeah, they. Well, I I don't know if it's the one that they were necessarily in, okay, but they okay. worked at one of Kinnear's you know, clubs, pubs yeah. together. Um, and that's how I think Kinnear was connected to Frank. But at the end of the day, I, I think, I think at the, I'm okay with it. Cause it is sort of like a closed loop. Like you kind of need someone from the outside to be like, cause yeah, it is a revenge story. And if, if someone kills him who is involved, then you're just setting up another situation where, you know, uh, his niece slash maybe daughter is, you know, gonna want revenge later or whatever. Yeah. Like it it almost needs to be this clinical thing of like a guy who has no emotional attachment. He's just tired to do a job. He doesn't even he doesn't care what's going on. You dump that guy in that in the ocean, I don't care. You, just, just I'm here to shoot you and that's it. You you go get Miguel Bain or uh uh Robert Rath, right? Uh how so? What do you mean? Well you just go get an assassin. Oh well sure, yes. 
Well, he's but he's in the he's part of the mob, right? He's part of the the London crew that Carter's in, right? I don't know. I took that that guy was just he was just. Oh, you think so? He's just a guy for hire. Yeah, I think he was just a gun for hire. Literally, like like Robert Rath. You 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 go to a phone booth and I think he was Robert Rath. Have weird conversations about nothing. Yeah. Okay. I did not. Uh, I did. I didn't think he was that kind of hired. I, it, this didn't feel like the kind of world where you have guys like that. But maybe that—that's what he is. I, you, Either way, he's emotionally unattached from yes. the story. He's just he's, like uh, he's not invested in any way. He is basically a Deus Ex Machina come in to say, "I am ending the story now." You know. So, uh, in the end, I think I like it more than I dislike it. But my, my at first, I was just like, "Why is this guy just showing up to kill him?" Um, you know. But you know. It'll be that'll be the interesting thing when we get to, and I think we should predict how how different the Stallone movie movie will be. I think that's my number one prediction: is Sylvester Stallone is not being sniped by a random oh. guy with a J ring. I, I, the, the, I would be shocked. There's no way. I no. I what, would, what odds do you want to put on this? No, I, no, no, no. Hold on. I would be shocked if he's dead at all. I, I'm. Oh yeah. No. That's I'm, I'm going to yeah. guess he rides off into the sunset. Ab- absolutely. Because in this version, he's going to save. He's going to be a good guy, and he's going to yeah, save you, somebody. I, you're and, probably right. And you know what? I I, I almost don't we're not going to want him to die in his. Ver- well, well, I mean, <laughs> remains to be seen. But the, the, you, the you makers don't, you don't of the, know me that well. No, but, uh, let me rephrase. The makers of the the remake are going to think that we're not going to want him to die, even though we may end up wanting him to. No, die. we'll see. Yeah, what's funny is actually for me, I I understand your criticism of who ultimately does it. That's fair, but I I was totally satisfied. I'm like, no, that that's actually how this story should end. That, I, I think that that's an appropriate ending. I thought it was appropriate that he died. I, I the part that bothered me was just some random dude. Yeah. but you know, at the end of the day, I actually emotionally I don't like it. Intellectually, I do. So I think that's where I'm that's getting fair. torn apart there. Where that's it's fair. like it doesn't seem all that satisfying to me emotionally, but it's like yeah, I it it makes total sense to just be like it, it's 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 so clinical. I think I think in part I'm supposed to react that way. I'm just like, okay, this guy showed up and killed him, you know. But movie over. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's fine. So yeah, any any other predictions for the Stallone all remake right. before we? Uh, there's close no up? all right. There's no way that he dies. Um, I, I I'd put the odds at a hundred to one. I I mean, look, I there, there's no way of that. I I think you're right. They're going to make him heroic. Yeah, which he's it, still going to be a criminal, probably. He's probably yeah. Gonna, no, I think you. I think you. He's going to be an Italian mob. It's going to be in America. I, I would have to assume. Yeah, I'm sure it's it not going to be involved in the. You know, it's going to be moved he's to like New in York a, or Philly. Yeah, no, or I, I remember like the, he's he's in a suit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he's he's probably mobbed up in some way. Yeah. I mean, so is Jack Carter here. So I mean, they'd right. have to really take a leap to not have him in organized crime in some way. Oh yeah, no, but it'll be the Italian American mob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any other predictions? Is it? I, I, I suspect the thing is I don't want to speculate much because here I I know that I'm going to hate this movie. <laughs> oh, it got savage. It was not well liked. I think it was voted at some point the worst remake like of all time. Wow, worst movie remake of all time. So uh, <sighs> you know, and it was. This is the depths of that dark period of Stallone's career where he was not making uh, very good movies. And like, Copland seemed, wasn't that much before this? No, no, but I'm saying, well, Copland was not all that successful and didn't redefine his career the way that he was hoping. Oh, and yeah. so I think 
you know, not not inclusive between Copland and Rocky Balboa. The, that's the period when I see you. Yeah, exactly. I see you. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I don't know how big of a budget even it is. Like, is it was it a big budget Hollywood movie or is it one of these like I see you? No, I think it, I think it was a legitimate budget movie because there's there's a few people in that movie. I mean, Michael Caine's in it. Is he? Yes, I didn't know that. Michael Caine is in it. Uh, oh, I wonder if he's going to play a character. Well, I was about to say he could be like his father or something. Like I came over, you know. He, he's Jack the, Carter Senior. No, I, I was like maybe he'll be like a, a like the original Jack Carter, like, like what they do in the Shaft movies, you know? For Richard, is, no, Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> well, no, and also uh, John. Car- uh, uh, I mean, he's he's dead. Jack Carter is dead. That too. Yes. Um, no, but I was gonna, Richard Roundtree shows up in the two thousand Shaft me. as the original Shaft. And then in the most, re- I haven't seen the most recent Shaft yet, but um, I think the most recent, I think both Samuel L. Jackson, yeah, and, and Richard Roundtree as those are sequels of each other. We covered this on uh, Rambo because we talked about sequels that came uh, way after Boat- Boatman Begins. Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah, it's something I, I should see that new Shaft. But anyway, I, I was like, maybe it'll be like that where he's the original Jack Carter. But no, I mean Jack Carter is clearly dead. Yes, no, no, it's Michael Caine. Who who else was it? Mickey Rourke? I think is in it. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so oh, I guess that would I have mean, been I where they Mickey met. Rourke isn't a huge, you know, whatever. He was pretty washed up by then, but whatever. He was on his way down for. Oh, and, and yeah, he was probably he was very washed up. Actually, now that you say that, but, but his, my, his first role back was Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That's when I remember everyone being like, "Oh, Mickey Rourke is back." Yeah, but that wasn't once. That was not long after that. Get Carter because Once Upon a Time in Mexico is like two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm saying this. Was, you're definitely right that this was the where. Uh, Mickey Rourke was washed up, and Stallone was very much washed up at the time. He had a more sustained comeback than Mickey Rourke, but uh, I'm trying but, to think. It's, I'm, it I'm seems shocked like that there's... Michael Caine's in that. Other than, first of all, the fact that he would appear in the remake of his own movie is weird. I agree. that's very strange. I I don't I I agree with you. But also, he seems way out of the caliber of the rest of the actors in that movie. That would have been like right around, like a year after Cider House Rules, or right? Because the remake the is like 2000, yeah. and Center House Rules is 99, where he won an Oscar, and he's yeah. appearing in the remake of Get Carter. With some, I mean, you know, not to knock so much <laughs> just alone on a... Maybe they gave him enough money. He's like, yes. I guess so. He also appeared in Jaws 4. He, Michael Caine is very clearly <laughs> willing to take roles for money. Yeah, I've never seen it. How bad is Jaws 4? It's very, very bad. It's it's really bad. I, I think he was interviewed once about, like, do you regret? Because he missed his... I regret nothing. <laughs> he missed his... He won the Academy Award for whatever role it would have been the previous year. And he wasn't there at the, the awards because they wouldn't let him go because he was filming Jaws 4. And they said, like, <laughs> do you regret making Jaws 4? He's like, I don't regret it. <laughs> I forget what he said. It's like, you know, the, the, the uh, addition to my house definitely uh, made up for it or whatever. He's, something to that effect. So long as I got my millions of dollars, my gold, gold house, and my rocket, rocket car, car, I don't really care if I made it to the Academy Awards ceremony. <laughs> that was Kirk Douglas. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think we're done. Uh, I well, I don't have certainly on the plot. Do you have anything else that you wanted to, to predict? Oh, oh on the predictions, the, I, I don't have any other predictions. I'm, I don't think I have anything else to talk about. I should look up whatever the, the expression before we go. I, well, I want to go through my notes. All right, so there's at I least a couple more, things yeah. we didn't we didn't cover. Yeah, I, go for it. In the oh, I don't know if it's on the train. I think it is. Is is Jack sniffing glue? 
Yeah, I wasn't sure. It's some kind of drug, but okay, I don't so know what it's supposed to be. I, I hear He's got an eyedropper of some kind of liquid, and he puts it up his nose. So my, like, my question, and then he pops some pills. So here's my question. I actually, little devil's advocate. I don't know if it's devil's advocate, but. We're not doing segments. This is a bonus episode. Okay, well, I'm, not, just, okay, well, I'm just saying. All right, I'm asking okay, you a question. You're, you're asking me, lowercase devil's advocate. Did yes. Jack Carter influence Lloyd Bridges an airplane? Because I think he might be sniffing glue, smoking, uh, drinking, not- and taking methamphetamines. <laughs> That's not glue, though. That's Are a, you sure? That's liquid. It's not a paste. It's just a... It's, okay. He, he administers it with an eyedropper. You can't use an eyedropper with right. glue. It's just going to get jammed right, up right, in there. All right, all right, all right. You, you, fine. You, you convince <laughs> I'm sorry. To, you, I can't make a connection to airplane. I'm sorry to ruin your connection to airplane. That's all right. Uh, do you have, I, got a, I got a couple other things here. Do you, do you have uh, anything else? No, we, we basically covered everything I wanted to talk about. Although I, want, I, want, I want to find whatever that expression was all right well one the other the other quote that i have from jack carter actually is in the scene that you forgot so you're not going to remember it but when he throws you know he's, he's trying to make good with keith he throws some, the money at him on his way out the door he says get yourself some karate lessons <laughs> i really, missed that really that's pretty funny really well it's especially funny because this was at the height of the karate boom I'm you know sure. i mean uh like Green Hornet, right? Would have been, yeah. you know, on the air, and you know, I mean, once it, upon a time in Hollywood, right? And a few years later, it would have infected the the Bond franchise where Brooklyn appears because the Man with the Golden Gun is very much like a Hong Kong yes. you know, karate movie, yes, very deliberately so. Um, and then I had get that was the other quote. Get stuffed is such a great quote. There's a lot of good like Cockney expressions. Where's the one I wrote down? I had one where it was like, I don't even know what that means, but I like it. I, I, I appreciated the wordplay of it. All right, so can I, can I ask you one more question? Sure. All right. So it actually has to do with the mailing of the film to Scotland Yard. Here's what my question was. Hmm? So what, why does Jack ultimately send the film to Sc- Scotland Yard? He's already setting him up for Margaret's you know, murder. Or, you know, th- I don't... Having a dead body at his party is going to be a problem. He's already setting him up for that. So is it just belt and suspenders? He wants to absolutely make sure Kinnear goes down? Oh, I think that's to get back at his boss back in London. Because oh. he's already been burned. Because I don't think we ever really touched oh, yeah, on it. That he, they, they've told the boss that he's sleeping yeah, with uh, the boss's girl. Yeah, Anna, Anna probably isn't in good shape either. Brett yeah, Eklund is not in good shape. You have no idea, but it, it's not good. We never learn what happened to her, but I think we can assume. It reminded yeah. me of in The Long Goodbye. I remember where that mob guy like smashes the bottle on that girl's head and is like, I, this is someone I like. Yep. I did that to her. I think what I'm going to do to you. And I, I'm sure you know some bad things happened to her for sure. So I, I, I assumed that was to blow up the whole pornography ring. Like, I mean, I don't know I how much right. just I, sending... I, I assume he like wrote a, you know, more details in some way. No, just, I think he just put the film canister in, and that's it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't whatever. Because yeah, that doesn't I really can, tie it back to his London uh, bosses. If if what you said early on in the episode though was that they actually are the money, and like it is a it's a business, it's a it's a business. It's not a legitimate business, but it's a business. Yeah. If it is a source of income for them, that's that they're not just guys that are just sitting there with a slide projector looking at. Nudie photos. If it legitimately is a part of that part of their, oh yeah, uh, business, I then it, so. he could be. You're right. Since he's burned with them, he's going to burn them down to the ground too. Well, 
Yeah, I guess maybe it's just hoping that they would uncover the rest of the operation. Because at this point, he's already burned this the whole Newcastle, you know, branch of this operation. There's nobody left to film these things anyway. I mean, there's probably more people. I mean, there's there's a ton of people at Kinnear's place who maybe could step up and take over. Yeah, you cut the head off the snake, but you know. Yeah, I guess maybe that's to, to, to make sure another snake just steps in. He's he's pouring salt on the ground to make sure more weeds don't grow. I think. It's, yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's did, it's just like a middle finger at them, basically. Did Did you find your phrase? I did. Okay. It was right before. This is when they sent just just. They're beating up uh, old Thorpey and uh, interrogating him, and I don't remember what the context, what he, what Carter says to her, but she just goes, "Stick the soft soap." <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think it's an insult in some way. Stick the soft soap. I do not remember that. <laughs> I want to know what it means. This is what I wrote. I was, uh, Jack tries buttering up Edna, the proprietor, who responds, Edna, "Thank you." Um. Yeah. Okay. Who responds? Stick the soft soap. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Get what it means. Stuffed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's. Kind of, I think it's just like an up yours kind of a thing. Is all. Oh it means. man, that's great. Yeah. All right. So that. Uh, I think that was the bonus episode. That was Get Carter 1971. It is. Uh, just before I forget, one last thing because it reminded me of you know, talking about the Cockney in this movie. I did see on the Wikipedia that apparently when it, this movie was released in the U.S., it was like heavily dubbed because they were worried that the Cockney would put off American audiences. Yeah. And apparently, the that was the only version that survived for a long time from like the mid seventies. Like I guess the original UK distributors like lost the negative or something. Yippee Kaye, Mister Falcon. Um, I, I don't know how good or bad the dubbing was, but apparently. Like, you know, for 20, 25 years, you could not see this movie with the original audio track. Wow. And then at some point in, like, I don't know, the late 90s, early 2000s, maybe around the time they remade it, um, they found the original audio. And I'm pretty, I'm, I have to think that's the version that we both watched because the Cockney is very thick in this movie. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'd be interested to see. To, 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 to watch the, the other version. Yeah, I wonder the, if it's available anywhere. The 72 through you know, yeah. 99 or whatever. Because I think at this point, it's like, don't, you know, never put that on a Blu-ray or a DVD. Don't make, ever, sure, make sure the original, because I think they, they put a lot of work to restore it and, yeah. you know, basically had to like re, re, I don't know, I forget what the story, I read, there's a little bit on Wikipedia and I'm sure there's more to it where they had like found the audio track, original audio track like separate and had to like totally remaster it and, you know, Found in like a salt mine somewhere or whatever. Um, but anyway, I just found that interesting that for 20 years there was another version of this movie that was inferior, and at some point they found now the original. we got the good one. Yeah, so it's a good thing that we were able to watch the original. All right, Get Carter in 1971. So it is now time for us to actually get back to work and try and accomplish what we set out what feels like many years ago. Uh, of it was make- several years ago. Yeah, making our way through the Stallone <laughs> Mul- catalog. Multiple years ago is, is accurate. So it's your pick. Yeah, so, so it's the final season. It's still going to take us some time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an extra long season because we've got extra movies to watch. Yes. Um, so I am leading off. I, I do f- I feel bad because I think the only reason I'm leading off is you know, because a movie that y- you wanted to do was taken down off YouTube. And who knows, by now it might be back up on YouTube. I whatever. haven't looked, yeah. 
It's my own fault for rolling the dice, so I don't blame you. So I am going to lead off, and I am going back to the well of, is it available for free? And uh, it is available for free, at least <laughs> to me, and I think to you. I would like to draw a, a flow chart for your decision-making process for what, what film <laughs> to choose. It immediately starts of, can I access it, it Is it free paying? someplace? Yes. Pick it. That's, that's the flow chart. The Mike Olson flow chart there for choosing be, movies. There might be other decision factors that go into it, but that prime well, but only if the answer is no. Is it free? No. Here's an elaborate flowchart to decide. But is it free? Yes. Pick it. Step <laughs> well, one. that's not fair because actually I discovered while I was looking for this one, uh, there are other ones that are free. But I, I'm going to go with what I think is the most appropriate of what is currently available on HBO. And you have HBO. Right. I have HBO. Yes. There are multiple Stallones that we have not covered that are on HBO right now, but okay. I am going to go with what is the most appropriate. I am going to go with 2000's Get Carter. Okay. It is on HBO. I figure, you know what? Let's do it back to back. Okay. It's going to be fresh. That may or may not be a good thing because we may really have really, really good things to say about this movie after seeing what probably was done in the remake. I mean, it's a tall order to remake this movie. It's, I mean, it, this is a very influential movie in addition to being a pretty good yeah. movie. And, you know, to, to remake it is probably not a good I mean, you know, I don't know if it is. We already know it wasn't a good idea. Let's no, just say it. You shouldn't remake this movie. I mean, it is, it is considered a classic, and, they, you know, you don't make, you don't remake Casablanca, you know, not that this movie is on that level, but I think to some people, you know, this was yeah. a seminal movie, and if, why if remake it? If it's not a movie that technology hasn't changed, you know, where maybe the effects is something to explore that you couldn't do, to me, if, if it's not a movie like that, and it's a movie that is revered, there's no reason to remake it. Yeah, well, that was one prediction I was going to make, and this I'm sure we'll talk about it in our technology <laughs> you section. think that they're going to jazz it up? Well, given the time that it was made, I, this, is my, this is my one, in addition to the prediction, we both agree that he's not going to die at the end, and he's going to oh, be much more likable. He, he's That's gonna, not going he's, on in a limb. They're going to somehow turn Jack Carter, they're going to make him a hero. It, yeah. I'm almost positive he will be a hero. It's going to be like Bullet to the Head, where it's like, yeah, he's a tough guy, and he's, he's willing to... That's to, a good, good comparison. I think he's going to be basically play the same kind of a guy. Maybe not an axe fight at the end, though. <laughs> no, with Jason Momoa, no. <laughs> Uh, well, who knows? Maybe Jason Momoa will be the J. His name is Jason. He'll have the J ring. He'll have the J ring on, and they'll fight with axes. All right, Cer sorry. Certainly, that's more you know believable than Stallone is not going to just get sniped arbitrarily. He's, no, he he may end up fighting J ring man in a big elaborate fight at the end. We'll see. All right, give me your prediction though, because of the era of the movie, you've because got an idea. At that time, you know, this is only a handful of years after the net. So I think if if. <laughs> I do no. This is a legit prediction because I, I, if the pornography storyline is still a part of the movie, I mean, I don't know. They may take that out entirely. It's hard to say. You You're know, right. The net they was ninety five. They may not want to touch it. They may not. They may say it's drugs and it's not pornography anymore. But if pornography is still an element to the story, it's going to be like, oh my god, the internet. That's going to be an element of just like this this newfangled thing. It's going to be like Jackie Treehorn, wave of the future, dude. <laughs> Jackie Treehorn. I predicted that it's gonna that that's gonna be an aspect of it. If I well, I'd say it's fifty fifty that they even touch the subject because uh, I don't know if a big studio movie is gonna want to deal with like certainly certainly I don't think they're gonna touch underage an underage girl being involved in pornography. Yeah, so I they may not even want to touch this, the subject at all. I think that's tough, but you know what? You're right. The net with the girl from the bus. You're right. This is right <laughs> around the time. 
I mean, it's I, just like virtuosity. All I, Johnny Mnemonic is around this time. Sure, yeah. Uh, Interactive this, erotic entertainment, dude. This Way movie. The future. This movie is going to be terrible. I. This movie is going to be I, terrible. I think it probably will. Be. Well, you know. And you know what? This sucks because I'm going to be apologizing again. No, I would have always this. apologizing. I think it's smart to do these back to back. I would have picked it if it was my pick to say okay. let's just do them as close that's together the, as possible. That's the main reason I was doing. When I saw it was there and available, I'm like, you know, let's let's do it. I mean, yeah. let's get the compare and contrast done. Well, this will be. You know, it'll be interesting to do it in this order because, like I said at the beginning, this is a new thing for us to do the bonus one first, oh, and now we can go. Go in with the, the knowledge of having seen this. So bad, because you're right. I already know you're right. <laughs> Which part? That he's going to be likable and Oh, and that's, survive? That's, a, that's an almost certainty? Yeah. He's not dying, and it's almost certain that he's going he's gonna to somehow be heroic. But you're probably right. It's going to be some dumb internet, you know, new... Fa- <sighs> it's going to treat the internet like it's the most, like, simultaneously, like baffling <laughs> like how does this work but also it's gonna <laughs> um i i also i think it's hard, it's hard to say how close they're gonna stick to the plot so i don't want to make predictions like about specific characters because who knows if anybody other than jack carter is even gonna be uh in the you know like i'm thinking about like who would michael kane even play like it's probably just a totally new character they probably it's a bet all all characters are you know, invented for the remake. I just, it, it, it'll be interesting because I don't know where it takes place. Uh, it takes place in the United States, I'm fairly certain. So how they're going to explain yeah. in, in this entire web of all of these other actors and then Michael Caine with his accent, how they are going to explain away Michael Caine as we'll part see. of Jack Carter, U- U.S. Jack Carter's world. He's he's part of the London branch of... Uh, all right, let's go uh, wait. Well, let's go before before we do the, the final sign-off. Let's get all one right. more prediction. Where... Where do you think the movie takes place? So we went from you know the the, I think the he's streets gonna... of London, you know, makes sense that's the the hub of where organized crime would probably sit and make their money and go to the rough and tumble, you know, uh, Newcastle. Where where do you think Jack Carter I was I was going to predict purely based on the plot that he was going to be a New York gangster who goes to Southern California because in my mind that's where you film the porno. But I, that is, if they're trying going to try and keep the guy going to his like blue collar home, like yeah, because this is his hometown. We never really touched on that. The fact that this is Jack Carter, yeah, hometown. Newcastle is yeah, because he knows Thorpey, old, old Thorpey right. and Albert Swift and Albert. Yeah, so maybe it's the I, reverse. I, maybe I'm he's remembering. Like a, this is probably me remembering. Maybe the trailer. He's, a, he's in Vegas. I guess he starts in Vegas. I he think, goes back to New York. I, so I think it's Vegas. Not just because you just said it. I was going to say I vaguely remember the trailers and him like walking a casino floor. So I, I'm pretty sure he okay. he's he's muscle in in Vegas. I don't know if he's or maybe Reno or something. Yeah, yeah he's somewhere in Nevada. It's got to be Vegas though. And I don't know if he like worked for a loan shark or like legitimately worked for because by that time the mob didn't really run casinos out there. Right. Yeah. But you know, probably just playing to that. The you know, in some way, definitely starts in Vegas now. Where you th- so you think he goes back to New York? That would be well, his home- yeah, it's going to be like his hometown, Brooklyn or something like some borough, like <sighs> relatively you know small neighborhood in one See, of the boroughs. If, you, if you're thinking about like 
pornography in the internet yeah, that's is true, true, though. That that isn't where that would be. I mean, that would be like San, not San Francisco for pornography, but like technology. But I would say it's a fifty-fifty that they even do that story. Yeah. Well, it'll just be about drugs or drugs. And his brother could, got killed be because more. of a drug deal that went bad. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like the most loose. I think it's a very good chance it's going to be a very loose remake of just like his name is Jack Carter. He wants revenge. He beats people up. He's his brother. He's, he's part of the mob. His brother died. He's investigating, and he goes on a rampage and kills people. All right, I I, 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 I think I think there's a very good chance that the whole porn thing. I know I said if if the porn is part of it, then yeah, I think it's a 95% chance that they lean into internet porn. But okay. I think it's a 50-50 chance that it's even going to be in the I'm, movie. D- I'm doing I'm doing one more prediction and I know I said we were just going to I was just going to do one more with the city, but now no, I'm going to do one more. And this is the difference between the United States and England and maybe Europe, but definitely England in terms of subtlety. I am going to guess that, and this is more Europe, I'm going to predict there's probably no nudity in this movie, in, in the remake. You're probably right. And the violence will be far, far greater. Yes. That, 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 to me, is just the American way. Yeah, I think that's a good prediction. Little to no nudity. It, whether the porn angle is there or not, little to no nudity is my guess. But the violence will be stepped up 100%. Well, I also, well not 100%. It, the violence will be noticeably higher i know that i know 1971 was different in a lot of ways but even even that separate just the american way there will the sex will be downplayed or the nudity will be downplayed the violence will be played up well i think that also fits stallone because think of can you think of any particular specialist yeah okay yes you're that, right. that you're i think right. is the only one that's the only one though yeah you're right that that be- makes up for it and, and, and then some <laughs> Because uh, even, how could I forget? Uh, but, but, well, because even like Demolition Man. I mean, Demolition Man. They find you know a way to work around it that it's just like yeah. giving you seizures of like flashes. Yeah, I mean, the specialist is the the lone exception. But that for, is the I was, outlier. I was going to say career. that Stallone feels like kind of the Catholicism runs deep in Stallone. I feel like and it reflects in his movies. Um, the only thing that would give me pause about the violence is this is the period where he was trying to get away from his action persona and maybe. Would want to okay, downplay no, it. What I'm saying is that, but, but just what, compared to yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the original, the, the, those I think will be major changes. And that's not I, necessarily Stallone. I just think that that's filmmaking in the United States. I fully agree that the sex will be downplayed. Certainly, I can't imagine Sylvester Stallone having a full three-minute phone sex sequence. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I literally cannot, which is why it will not be in the movie. We'll see, though. Maybe, Maybe it will be. What, we'll what if find they, out next what if time. They tur- wait a minute. No, wait. This is one final one. What if they turn it around and Michael Caine does it again? <laughs> that, would be, that would be great. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> they bring back Brit Eklund. That, that's what I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict Michael Caine. Re- <laughs> whatever his character is, they find a way that he reenacts that sequence. <laughs> uh, I mean, they could probably find a way to do it. You know what? Actually, I... I if if there is a Kinnear, I could see him being Kinnear. That's gonna be my prediction. Uh, yeah, I could see that. That's the only character I can imagine him being. We can't stop making predictions. All right, all right, we gotta, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta wrap up. Hopefully, well, hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Uh, if you have enjoyed the show, please uh, write us a favorable review on your podcast app of choice. And uh, we love hearing feedback on the bonus episodes and any episodes uh, at Arms Race Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, and starting next episode, we will be back to our every two-week schedule. We'll be back for our final Sylvester Stallone season, so if you know someone who might appreciate that and enjoy it and want to listen to it, now's the time to let them know. We'll be back with the other Get Carter. 
Kit Carter 2000. Like Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs>